1: today
2: trigger warning for discussions of family trauma sexual abuse coercion childhood everything bad just be prepared this is um about child marriage in america so all that stuff's gonna happen something Underneath oh, no Josh's and Jizzies. Their trials are going to be going on when this comes out Oh, fun And also Ghislaine Maxwell's going on right now Yeah, Jizzy Jizzy Jossie and Jizzy oh. Jossie and Jizzy
0: For a second there, I thought you were about to sing a Christmas song Joshies and Jizzies and da-da-da-da-da Like bows and a... What do you call it? Uh, What? Bell- bells? Ba-na-na, bells and the tingle and thing. Who knows? <laughs> you know, Christmas, I don't see my family yeah. um, <laughs> I'm seeing them this week, though
2: well, maybe in our in L. Ron Hubbard's future, the holiday songs will be about Josh and fucking Ghislaine and their love story.
0: That'll be fun, wouldn't it? I would love to see a Scientology Christmas where it's just like Cthulhu coming down, Well, they have it.
2: they're <laughs> I, everything I've read is that it's pretty boring, and they but they do all drink. On like holiday time, like at winter solstice time, like,
0: okay, but not
2: supposed to drink, but then all the adults do anyway.
0: Yeah. I can't get behind a religion that says you can't drink at all. As someone who grew up Southern Baptist, I always thought Thanksgiving was totally dry sober. And then when I got left home at 17 and I went to my friends, you know, Friendsgiving, I was like, wait a minute, there's alcohol? And they're like, yeah, you went to a dry Thanksgiving?
2: (laughs) Wow. Well, welcome to someplace underneath. No offense to anybody who doesn't drink. I'm Natalie Jean. I'm Amber Nelson. Um, I like the option. I just like the yeah. option of it. You oh, know what yeah. I mean? No. Yeah. This
0: is like they when they smell vodka on you, you're out of there. Wow. It's just too
2: many rules.
0: That's yeah. my thing. Too many
2: rules. But if you're sober and that's your choice, rock and roll. Yeah. But if you're drinking... And you're not causing a problem. Why are they going to be...
0: They're smelling your breath? I think because they never drink. So if they did, they would be causing problems.
2: You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Well, this is our last series, as we've discussed. Um, But after we finish this one out, we'll definitely be back over break to do some twitches. Because I definitely want to talk about the trials Mm -hmm. that are happening right now. Um, I'm not excited Per se, but I get why people wait for football games, if that makes any this sense. This is Natalie's football. Kind of. Kind of. <laughs> Except the stakes are pretty much, I guess, on par with everybody else's stakes with football. Um
0: Yeah, people it, are still. It shouldn't be, killed. but <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. There's a lot of head injuries. So um we'll be doing that and for now, let's get back into child marriage. I love it. Don't we all want to talk about child marriage? What oh. a way to
0: ruin Thanksgiving and Christmas. Just so when you much go fun. home and visit your beautiful family.
2: Tell them all about this. I mean, it is technically very important that you do talk about it to people. If you think the subject is uh, nightmarish, um, like a hellscape yeah, that we are a part of. Uh, but yeah, that's why last week we let Rob not edit. Well, he was... Experiencing joy because he
0: had some joy, and this is pretty. I mean, even recently, because my mom, I remember her advocating for women to get married at twenty-five, and that was okay. And people in town were like, "She's crazy, you crazy woman, You're a real radical feminist." Yeah, I know. There. Twenty-five. At twenty-five, I was
2: still a ding dong, still am. I was living with six roommates and lived like slept on a floor at twenty-five. <laughs> so perfect, ready for marriage. Yep, ready for that seed. Yep. Maybe I did need a husband to come and save me. Isn't that the dream for all of us? Which we'll learn later in this episode. They don't always,
0: you know, you're not going to get saved all the time. Some men are wonderful and I don't want to bash men. I think they're beautiful. I love masculinity. Be a man. I love it. But when you take advantage of a little girl, no, no. (sighs) Okay.
2: So this episode is going to start out a little bit history heavy. Um, which hopefully is not too nerdy for people. But I think it's important to look at it through that lens because one, it shows us how we got to this place. And two, it shows us how little has actually changed for girls, especially minors, between horse and carriage days and space time travel days. Wow, so much else has changed. Yeah. So many other things have. Um, If you'll recall from last episode, as our country was being founded, the early settlers decided the English common laws regarding marriage were perfect, flawless, don't need to be changed. Give us nothing, honey. Wonderful. But isn't the
0: whole point of like American, like according to this mindset, is you're starting this whole new thing. We want to rebel against European laws. We're tired of kings. We want to elect our own kings.
2: Why would marriage still be okay? We'll keep that. It seemed to be just a kind of in, uh, an afterthought, I guess, and all, all right. of it. I think also there's the thing that I've said, and I it's you know it's just speculation, but it seems like if you control the people who have the babies and when they're young enough, you can control them. Then you can control the society you're building. So, oh, yeah, if you make the the people having babies like not able to do anything, then you can make the People you want, I guess you
0: can control the population, but God forbid, because the woman is sorry, the person has a child is the first teacher, right? So you could just whisper nonsense to this child.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure, and a lot of people do. Turns out, Um, and those laws uh, were around again the concept that children were mostly property of the father, and any sort of restrictions were that were based around, you know, not being able to marry at this time or this time uh, were really about. Going behind the father's back because his precious little fucking land, his little square patch uh, would be at the mercy of the girl's husband. Because if the father had a girl, a daughter, the daughter was entitled to her inheritance until a husband, a suitor comes along and then she doesn't own it anymore.
0: Wow. So if I'm a dad and I have a daughter and then we have six acres of land Mm -hmm. and then I am about to die. So I just give it to her. Right. And then, you know, little Susie Q has six acres um, and then she marries and then it's no—it's her husband's now. Yeah.
2: Cool. Yeah. Um, which is what happened a lot. And because women weren't really allowed, there was this weird little grace period where they technically were the owners of the land. They were there was just like six people immediately like. Ma'am, can I? May I kiss you? And she'd be like, I okay. And then somebody would just marry her. Um, and then the husband, essentially, she would be retreating back into his rib, mm. as you as it were. Um, she would basically kind of like mount back into her husband, so that he, she didn't have like right, human rights anymore, really. Mm. Um, but then in exchange, he would take care of her, kind of.
0: Which, you know, if you want to take care of a lady, you take care of that lady and you live that life. But as we'll see from some stories, some
2: actual accounts, they weren't. Yeah. And, you know, it seems like they should have some ownership over something in their life. Um, Not to mention just I, I this is not important, but as a sticking point for people who say that women come from the rib of man, every boy and every man on this earth was female in the embryonic stage. (laughs) <laughs> Soy boy, <laughs> yeah, so, yes, yeah, right. Now you're a little Nancy boy, aren't you? <laughs> um, yeah, we're all made. Uh, we're all we're when in the embryonic stage, first five or six weeks, we're all female. Wow, um, I so. think we
0: learned that in Jurassic Park. And oh also yeah, we dinosaurs did. can open and right. door handles. You're right. Yeah. They can do.
2: They're very smart when they're mad. Um, that's why people who are born with penises also have nipples. Ah, huh. uh, so anyway. That's all to say consent wasn't really a consideration regarding little people, like little human children. Um, There were loose laws about marriageable age. But again, it wasn't to protect the child. It was to protect father's assets during the 17th and early 18th century.
0: Mm. I mean, to be fair, things like consent, PTSD, those are modern terms.
2: Yes. People had no idea what that was. And as we'll learn in uh, coming up here, adolescence was not a thing that existed at no, the time. No. They didn't even make clothes for children. You no. just worked on a farm immediately. Yeah, you were basically a little child and you became an adult when basically you were married. That was the, yeah. there was no transition period. Um so yeah, all of these things that we think about now in, in modern terms didn't exist child at all. Child psychology didn't exist. Right. Which so these laws make more sense. Then. Yeah. And yet, they still are here. We've continued on with a lot of them. So there was a big turn of events that started to shape a different point of view in 1854. And it was the court case of Parton versus Hervey. So on Valentine's Day, 1854, Sarah E. Hervey and Thomas J. Parton were married in the town of Lynn, Massachusetts, about 10 miles north of Boston. Sarah was 13 and Thomas was 19. So this was at the time a sort of Roe versus Wade um, court situation, maybe not quite as like vitriolic and um, dramatic, but it was it did set the law for these things for, you know, the next century. Basically, they would always return to this case when they were deciding things. And the concept of we were still trying to figure out as a country that what the concept of ownership over a physical body was legally. This is of course right before the emancipation proclamation by about 10 years. So this is a time when slavery was considered totally fucking chill. Mm. So we didn't have a great perspective on what he- personal autonomy was. Yeah. Um so at this point I should also mention this is discussion of only white female children. Black people were not permitted to marry under the contemporary laws of this time, although they of course did under their own ceremonies which I'm assuming were more fun than ours. I'm sure they weren't super disappointed. They didn't have to sit through a four-hour Catholic ceremony. Um, it Seems like there's not a lot of smiling that goes on is all I'm saying. Oh, yeah. In this sort of rigid
0: white world. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's in corsets and has to sit up straight. Yeah. And also, you know, this is going to be really bummer, Tom, but I read that people have periods longer now and we start um, earlier now. With periods, yeah, because of our nutrition, yeah. So back in the day, and I mean even this time, um, periods started much later, and the body was much more frail, and you had less of them. So if she's thirteen today, some thirteen-year-old girls would have their menstrual cycle. I did, I think at you did, yeah. yeah. But back then they wouldn't. She was she's just eating potatoes. Like there's, her body's not you know soiled enough to have the menstrual cycle. Yeah,
2: yeah. No, I think that's a good point. Like that. They didn't have as much nutrition. There was a lot more yeah. starving. There was a lot more um young uh, illnesses. They didn't have cures so for just treatment. Like frail
0: and broken, like yeah. married
2: to, I don't know. At least they couldn't get pregnant at that age. It's like, not that it's good that they were sickly, but now you get pregnant pretty young. Um So back to Parton versus Herbie. So Thomas Parton... Decided he wanted to marry this super ready for adulthood 13 year old. So he basically got her brother to help him lie. It wasn't a difficult thing to fake a lot of legal processes back then for obvious reasons. They didn't have to deal with like fake IDs or anything. They could just kind of go like, yep, that's Uh, me. Yep. Uh, so and the reason that they had to sneak around by, with this is because just 20 years prior in 1834, Massachusetts had passed a law mandating that any girl below the age of 18 and any boy below the age of 21 required the consent of the parents before marrying, which sounds like great, but this is mostly to protect property, not anything else. So people were still being married at 12, 13 years old, but... You were supposed to get consent, which was they just brought another adult man in that was just like, yep, she's good to go. That's my daughter. Send her off. Yeah.
0: And she's just like, what's happening? I don't know. Yeah.
2: And this is a thing that we see a lot with child marriages too. When she, when Sarah was going through this, she was like, "Yes, I want this very much. I love him." And his her mom was like, "No, I don't the want mom you to." Knows, yeah. And she, I think the mom also there, there's you know the societal things were different. She might have wanted her daughter uh, labor still and stuff like that. Who knows? But yeah. So regardless of how child Sarah felt about this union, her widowed mom, who really only had any legal precedent. Because Sarah's father was dead, um, was not having it, and she marched up to the home of the new couple and snatched her daughter back. It was like yeah. you're coming home now. You know, there's this
0: thing when a lot of people are like, "Why don't women act like they used to?" I'm like, because my mother sat me down and said, "Save your money and get a job." Yeah, she sat me down and purposely said that, and I'm glad she did because there were certain points in my life where if I just survived on somebody else, I would have been in a very bad situation.
2: Yeah. Not saying that if you want to be a stay-at-home mom is no. a bad thing. It's a beautiful thing. But you can still be have a lot of personal autonomy and personal property and your own bank account as a stay-at-home mom. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, just because you're a stay-at-home mom doesn't mean you become the property of your husband no. now. But at this time, that wasn't a choice. Like, you had... If you were married, you were no longer really a person. Um, So, if you were, you know, female assigned. And so... um. So Thomas then being what because he sounds like a super cool dude, argued that even though they had lied on the court signed papers, they signed them. So now he owned Sarah. Um, And guess what? Thomas won. Because (laughs) he he might have had sex there already. That's one of the reasons. Yeah. So this set a precedent uh, that benefit mostly the guys who kidnapped little kids for brides. He won this essentially like they, because it was done and because they'd probably already had sex and a girl who was not a virgin and not married was like the literal worst thing on earth. um, They are like, well, he's already like thrown it in her. so and no one's like, Oh my God, she's 13. No, it was
0: because it was normal. It's just normal. Yeah. Just
2: sell them off. Yeah. So, it set a standard. This case was referenced over and over again in these kind of cases where a parent was trying to prevent a marriage from happening that had already occurred. Um, and it also kind of sets a standard that we still use today, which is, well, that law is terrible and harmful and everybody's upset and sad, but it's I, it's a law. So I guess suck it. <laughs> um, yeah, so that is really how it goes. And we had a, we did a Twitch stream with our lawyer friend recently, which was partly about... Why? Why? And she she's really she's great at explaining things to us, the the layman, and just being like, Yes, we can't just I'd like to just upend ever I'd like to flip a table over and be like, No, we can't do this anymore. And she's like, But that's not how we actually get changed because there's so many things we have to go through, but you know, it can be done. But it does take time and it does take people paying attention. It literally takes enough people caring about it. Um, But that truly was a lens through which they saw girls and women couldn't own property. So the safest thing was to be protected, i.e. married, no matter the circumstance. So if some old codger decided to marry a kid and then put a stanky ass seed in her, well, it's just better for her to live in this semi-hell. We couldn't possibly change laws so that the girls had any rights. That would be... Some kind of witch talk Oh my god And
0: this You know Because in old Viking times Women could own property And women could get divorces
2: So this is like Old but also Relatively new Yeah, oh yeah Many cultures And many cultures Across the, the world This is This is very specific To a, a certain kind Of Culture and society There were many cultures Over The, uh, the span of humanity Where women Were very much Their own thing <laughs> Their own property And had rights And stuff um, this is a very patriarchal uh, viewpoint of things. Um, and it's true. In this case, Thomas is repeatedly referenced as Sarah's, a.k.a. his wife's, guardian. So they also pulled out that old chestnut during trial that Sarah's mother had a history of insanity. Women's hysteria, um, which is not necessarily, I don't know if they ever actually verified that or they're just like, she's being a crazy bitch. So many times throughout history, women have been, they're like, oh, she's crazy. And I'm
0: like, maybe her situation, like Pol Pot's wife had um, schizophrenia apparently, maybe because she's, I don't know, married to Pol Pot.
2: Yeah. right. Maybe. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, yeah. And, you know, they would diagnose people with insanity. I did like a, a bit of a dive into the history of mental illness at this time because I was just like, of course they're going to call her fucking crazy. Maybe she actually dealt with some mental illness. I don't know. But they would put women in in asylums for things like um, criticizing a politician. Really? Yeah. Or like not, believing the same religion if their husband, they would be able to be put away. Yeah, my,
0: my grandmother was put away. Really? Yeah.
2: Do you think it was deserved?
0: Well, she had, apparently she had some mental stuff, but not enough to be put away. He just wanted to remarry.
2: Yeah. That's it. And also probably at that time, it was even worse as far as like care. They didn't really want to have any sort of like healing. It was just about like maintaining them in one space. No, just put them away. Yeah. Out of sight, out of mind. Exactly. Um, Not that everybody from this time period agreed with this outcome. By the mid-1850s, there began to be a lot of rumblings about the disquiet around how comfortable this new country was with selling off child-aged daughters. Many papers were reporting on this court ruling unfavorably, commenting that Sarah looked like a little kid and wasn't prepared to take on the marriage. Marriage is a big responsibility. It's true. Um, And this is another point about this time is that the concept of age consciousness the belief that the age that age is an important characteristic of one's identity was a new concept um and it first came to the industrialized northeast uh one of the ways this occurred was through schooling this is from uh the book american child brides which i referenced um in the last episode By educating children together in classes based on their birthdays, schools divided students into differently-aged groups, which helped the notion that age itself was an important way of evaluating people's abilities. Massachusetts was also the first state to collect vital statistics systematically, if unevenly and incompletely, recording from 1842 onward the number of births, marriages, and deaths by county and city. So this whole... (laughs) This whole time period, which is not very long ago, was just when they started, like, marking down birthdays and when people got married and stuff like that. Yeah,
0: I guess a long time people were like, I don't know when I was born. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let alone, like, what's your sign? You're like, get the fuck out of here, witch.
2: <laughs> yeah, you definitely would have been in trouble. Sounds whenever.
0: like a Gemini to me.
2: Yeah. sir. <laughs> <laughs> so your moon is out of alignment, okay? Um. <laughs> so, Uh. yeah, and this is really... St- so age consciousness is a is a term that this book, American Child Bride, references a lot. And it is really important to think about it in that way that this is a new concept to this country at the very least. You know, there, every nation was much more separated back then, so everybody had their own things going on. But just in the mid-1800s was it a time when they were like, maybe we should see how old people are. I don't know. Um, but, you know, of course, that takes a lot of work. It's hard when you don't have a bunch of ways to communicate with each other you'd have to like literally walk around and like try to convince everybody to tell you shit you know yeah
0: i guess for a long time people were just trying to survive oh yeah and then now they're like okay wow all right
2: what time were you born when
0: were you born yeah yeah
2: for sure and that it really was um schooling and stuff of course went to the more prosperous people first and it's always a privileged person's um they're always the first people to receive this kind of treatment and be considered children and things like that, Um, right or wrong. Uh, Whatever the motivations Susan Hervey had, mother of Sarah, she didn't let the case drop after she lost. Good for her. Yeah. She filed a
0: suit against George Mosley, Thomas's brother-in-law, who had secured the marriage license and made the arrangements for the marriage. She alleged that he had... Procured her said daughter to be married to a person of bad character and dissolute habits by means whereof the plaintiff ever since hath been, now is, and ever may be, deprived of the services, society, and benefit of her said daughter, to the damage of the plaintiff, $5,000. This is approximately $135,000
2: in today's dollars. So she basically was suing for damages, mm. right? Like, this may sound really cold, but it- Sue him. Yeah. Throw him to the flames, bitch. Yeah, I mean, she went for it. Um, it, it. At the time, it was very standard for a mother, especially a widowed mother, to expect help from her children. And if she lost that help, she's saying she's claiming she needs the cash to hire help. Granted, that was a lot of money to ask for at the time, but, you know, you just fucking throw it out there. See what happens. See yeah. what happens. And also, maybe, like, people would look at this and take note yeah why not you know uh, maybe she was thinking that maybe she was just pissed she was losing labor who knows but um, she eventually was awarded $800 which is substantially less yeah. than the 5000 but you know that wasn't nothing then um, it's not even nothing now So, which is an, an acknowledgement that she had lost services but again this had nothing to do with Sarah or her well being this mm. was more about what her mother lost in this process again this was really common for the time So, in cases involving minors and marriage in the United States, all
0: roads led back to Sarah Hervey and Thomas Parton. And that case was decided in such a way that the preservation of marriage and fears about illicit sexuality trumped the
2: protection of minors who married. So, the the way that trial went did not bode well for little girls, frankly. No,
0: because they're like, well, we don't know if she had sex. And instead of getting her counseling, because then again, they didn't have counseling back then. None of that. There's a, well, I guess just marry her off because what if she's pregnant, what if she's been deflowered? Now she knows what what a cock feels like in her pussy.
2: Yeah. Now she's got too much power. Can't release her into the wild, which is deeply flawed. Logic that we continue to use to this very fucking year of our Lord 2021. That somehow, some way, people are all just better paired, being paired off no matter what the situation. That a non-virgin female who isn't married is something to be horrified by. The author of this book explicitly points out the flawed concept by laying out what happened to Sarah and Thomas after they were awarded their marriage. We don't have time to go down the whole story on this app, but I want to see a movie version of their tale because it's wild. Oh my it's God. It's wild.
0: I bet. Well, everyone knows that once a woman has sex, uh, she becomes a fire breathing monster.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I would love to see that. I would love to see the version that they would have put out about her at the time compared to like what we would now. <laughs> but the long story short is Thomas, after filling Sarah with seed, mm. see him to have found the, you know, hashtag dad life. No bueno and he bounced about five years into the marriage. See,
0: the mother knew, you know? And if this is like a to death do you part, she knew this guy was trash. So he impregnated a 13-year-old and then bounced five years. The mom knew. Yeah, Mom knew he was scum. She did. Seems and you, like you it. you gotta stick around. You calling yourself the big man. Oh, I'm the big prize. I'm gonna take care of you. Well, then fucking take care of me. If you want to be the patriarchy... If you're like, oh, we're the patriarch and we're right, Mm -hmm. then how about you fucking take care of of me, of women, of us, and I'm pregnant at a 13 year old and then leave her?
2: Yeah. There you scream. You're speaking for Sarah because she can't, you know? Beyond that, after he left, when Sarah went back to the courts, she had to plead for a divorce. They were very rare at the time. She also mentioned during this that he was very cruel and had beat her regularly before he left. And they did grant her. A divorce, but it was like she had to prove to them that she deserved it. So she's probably going back in her mental traumas and repeating
0: it to a bunch of men in court and seeing if they're just like, did he punch her hard enough?
2: Yeah, basically. uh, Yeah, and as it says in the book, as a result of this abuse, she was compelled to leave him and to go out of service, take in work and to obtain support for herself and her child. Although she may simply have been recounting What had happened, the actions Sarah ascribed to Thomas, desertion for an extended period, cruelty, lack of support, were what she needed to prove in order to obtain a divorce in Massachusetts.
0: Single mom in the 1800s? It's hard now. Yeah. She
2: really wanted to have it all. So she had to go on her way. And so for Thomas... He went on to marry a woman after this, 14 years older than him, which is a very, it's a switcheroo. Wow. Um, Sarah and her son, who was named Thomas Jr., of course, changed their names and they left the area where they undertook several personality changes, really. um, Including as Thomas Jr. grew up owning several houses of ill repute together. That's right, a mother-son venture into tawdry nightclub ownership. Wow, I mean, they're both dealing with trauma, so I guess you got to work it out no matter what.
0: And nightclub lady of the night ownership that's the oldest job
2: yeah and there's more to this story maybe we'll have to say that for another day but wild um yeah so that then we have the feminist bitches start rolling in, albeit this is almost entirely white feminism for only rich people um a woman named elizabeth Oakes smith shook up the place in mid 1800s as an activist She had married her husband when she was 15 and he was in his early 30s. And while the two had six children and remained amicable, she spoke openly of her inability to make adult choices at that age and believed it true for many others in that circumstance. Her husband, whose name was Seba Smith, Seba Smith, owned a paper and she began writing articles under a pseudonym. Uh, On his paper, and she developed enough of a following that she began writing under her own name in many circulations. Mm. So she had become sort of a, a forefront face in this this new feminist movement, and this was like basically pre suffragette. But when you know what we consider, we think about that as. Getting the right to vote and all that. But there was a lot of other points that women were kind of like, um, excuse me, could me maybe talk about this? Um, which totally makes sense because a lot of these women didn't want to be married and were forced or coerced into their union. So, of course, they would want to talk about why that seems fucked up.
0: And even if you're 15 and you want to get married, that reminds me of all these girls in high school. that were like, he thinks I'm mature. I'm so mature. And i it's like, no, you're being brainwashed.
2: Yeah, you you want to not reach your mental peak when you're 15. No. Ideally, you won't until you're much older. And most of the time, every so often, it probably works out just fine. But most of the time, you become very different human beings. And sometimes... The other person's not doing well and they don't treat you well and they don't know what they want and they're mad about shit and they're not dealing with it and blah, blah, blah.
0: There was a line from Family Matters, that TV show, and the daughter, I think she's around 16, 17 or so, and she's like, I want to go out and I want to date this older guy. And the mom's like, no. And she like put her foot down and then she's like, but mom, all my girlfriends are doing it. And she said, all your girlfriends are going to be dead by 30.
2: (laughs) It's a pretty brutal line. (laughs) That's from Family Matters? Damn. Family Matters is a lot of... Crazy, progressive shit back then. It's true. It's true. You're right. We should go back to the Urkel years. But anyway, I don't want to get too deep into the suffragette movement because half of the knowledge I know about it is what I learned from the movie Mary Poppins. Yeah. So I probably shouldn't speak to.
0: Yeah, we should probably get it. someone who's a little more history bound with that. But let's get on to child marriage. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but one of the advantages that Elizabeth uh, that had was middle class privilege and coming from parents who believed in education for women. So a real bunch of cucks.
0: I'm so lucky that my mother wanted me educated and wanted me reading books. Because I remember that was even my time, like frowned upon.
2: Uh, For sure. I mean, I'm so lucky that my mom and both of my grandmothers pushed reading on me so young. And I love, because I think that can really save a person's life. Education. Yeah. So this is an example of both. One, that given the opportunity of comfort and options, many women would easily and willingly slip into the world of academia. And two, that having human rights is a business for the financially well off. Whether or not they realize it, those in those positions are literally the only ones who can do that. The only ones in the position because everyone else is in the business of not dying every day, which is why it's particularly sad when those people only fight for those who are similar to them, whether or not it's a conscious decision. You know, like I feel like I've been in that place too, where I've only thinking about, you know, when I was younger, I was treated poorly in my work and I couldn't fathom the concept that other people had it worse than me and it wasn't a conscious ignoring of other people different than me's needs it was like my life is so hard i can only focus i can't on function this. yeah yeah and, and you know it's important that if you get into a place that of where you can feel grateful for your life that you do have to think about people who are different from you um you're not the only one who counts and that's just my two cents just a little two cents um There are other women who pop up during this time, and this is the first time we hear anyone really saying, hey, but uh, wait, what? What about how the girls feel about it? That's just a revolutionary concept. It really is. It really is. Um, Instead of making the idea of marriage just a transfer of ownership between two men, it wasn't until this time and into the early 19th century that the idea of childhood and protecting the vulnerable Was a thing people thought about, which is so weird, but I'm sure it's not just because they were made of pure evil. It's just things were different and definitely I don't agree with a lot of what was going Mm -hmm. on then. Life was harder and you wanted to like have as much control.
0: And like you said earlier, the people that have the children have a lot of control. And if you can control them, you can control the society. So everything had to be like built in like a very... um, I don't know a lot of rules a lot of like we not have to very, make it just like this not very much on the
2: whims of their wants and needs no wants and needs and feelings get the fuck out of it with feelings yeah. I, I imagine there's probably a sense of superstition too about things because it was so easy to die and so precarious that like the idea of a woman having rights was like oh we can't deal with that right now um, not defending the, the action but I, have, I wonder if that was in the headspace at the time but yeah, in the 1850s and beyond, there were women who were publicly advocating for other women to get an education and experience life before getting married at 25 or even 30, which was very radical.
0: It's even radical now to be married at 30.
2: It's getting a lot closer to that as the national uh, average age, mm-hmm. which is great. Um, I think the median in like 2010 was 26 for a woman and 28 for a guy. That's or Late 20s is perfect time to get married.
0: Sure. Your it was, brain it was not, I was
2: not ready for it. And yeah. Many people aren't. But your brain is good. You know, you're, you're an adult at that point. Yeah, for sure. The other critiques of early marriage continued as well, more often from beyond it being just about like, oh, there are women advocating for women now. There are other critiques of early marriage continued, often more from the guys, but some women, too, that the idea of the divorce rate kicking up was unbelievable. Bearable to think about. And that pushing the legal age up would give people a chance to be really sure they wanted to be married to the person.
0: Yeah. Wouldn't a man want to like have a partner that is a little more um, cognizant and not a child? Isn't that too much to take care of? Uh, Yeah. I I think that,
2: (laughs) I think that like a dude who's cool and smart probably would want a partner who could like be at the same level as them yeah. generally and that's um, most men yeah it is yeah so this idea this is like this is sort of a religious idea that the dominant that was dominant in middle and upper classes in the 19th century that divorce was the worst thing that could ever happen oh no stella did not get her groove back in 1800s oh no 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 there was no groove to be had my friend <laughs> um So to the point where, like we were talking about, women could be easily committed to an asylum um, for denying something that her husband wanted her to do. Uh, So regardless of the partitioning of women's rights in this society, the women pointed out what seemed to me to be an obvious thing. Smith was astute here. She recognized that when it came to legal understandings
0: of childhood and consent and contract, there was an established consensus that children were incapable of binding themselves to a contract. The main exceptions to this were marriage and military service, to which boys routinely consented, to which they were sometimes bound by their fathers, and from which they often found it difficult to extricate themselves using
2: age-based arguments. So... Also, like, yeah, a boy going off to war. I don't like that idea either. No. And you mentioned that last episode, Amber, that while girls were expected to make these marriage decisions, boys were ushered into war often against their will, meaning that kids couldn't agree to any contracts in life unless it was for fucking or fighting. Weird. Which we still do today. Um, For real, though, it does seem at the formation of this country, maybe every country, kids are pushed into procreating or killing themselves in the name of patriotism, like patriotism. Even each generation is just using the one below them. I guess because the parents are like, well, I had
0: to do it. So now you have to do it. It's kind of like the student debt argument. Right. Because a lot of people
2: who paid off their loans are like, no, I did it. So now you have to do it. I'm like, that makes no sense. No, because with the idea of being like moving forward in time is you're trying to make things better for the next generation. It's that it's also that mentality. I get how fucked up war makes you and how angry it makes people. But than to call boys or people in general pansies for not having to go kill people. It's like, didn't you fight this war so that they wouldn't have to? Yeah, and that the reason you fought this war? Didn't you don't you have nightmares every night? Yeah, why do you want your children or your grandchildren to have that? No. I would like the generation past us to have a better life, you know? Not that we're doing bad or anything, but no, wait, wait. um another woman in the movement a couple decades later, which is the eighteen seventies, Named Victoria Woodhull wrote I suppose
0: that to marry was to be transported to a heaven Not only of happiness, but of purity and perfection I believed it to be the one good thing there was here on earth And that a husband must necessarily be an angel Impossible of corruption or contamination But alas, how were my beliefs dispelled rude contact with facts chased my visions and dreams quickly away, and in their steed I beheld the horrors,
2: oh, beheld the, horrors. the
0: corruption, the evils and hypocrisy of society. society, and I stood among them, a young wife as I was, a great wail of agony went oh. out from my soul. Re-echoing that which came to me from almost everyone with whom I came in contact. I soon learned that what I had believed of marriage and society was the nearest sham. A cloak made by their devotees to hide the realities and to entice the innocent into their snares. I found everything was reeking with, with rottenness. rottenness. Oh, she's pissed off.
2: Yeah, I'm just saying metal could have helped them through this time period if they had it. oh
0: my god music back then it was like oh here ding 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 yeah <laughs> it's just like people like dying in war
2: yeah <laughs> yes with like a little like a pipe playing a little fife um <laughs> whatever happened to the little drummer boy in like armies did he get dead. shot i think he usually i think there was like supposed to be a role where you weren't supposed to shoot the little drummer boy but like did that not really happened i
0: think it wouldn't happen maybe they did it the first few times but now i feel like the little drummer boys the first getting shot like yeah. Mar- uh, with, not maritime law but the geneva code yeah i think that's just been kind of thrown out the window
2: yeah i, I don't think. think we should have little drummer boys anymore and no. i i'm being i know edgy and controversial but i don't think there should be little drummer boys and we need to just
1: rosettastone.com today.
2: Um, But as it was, you can hear the anger and frustration at not being considered simply a human in these decisions. As something so logical and simple was being ignored, like she's screaming out, this is the worst feeling on earth, and why are you acting like it's okay? And everybody's just like, nah, shut up. I would go crazy. I I mean, that is probably why ladies did go crazy sometimes. (laughs) Um,
0: Do you think they're just eating each other out in the insane asylums? I
2: hope so. That's great if they are. Is that crazy
0: pussy? I mean, another,
2: another thing that they would get thrown in asylums for was seeming gay or being interested in other women. So, yeah. But it's not as simple as one woman saying, hey, this sucks. Could we maybe not do it? There was a lot of pushback. At almost the turn of the century, a big story brought lots of attention. A renowned Civil War general named Cassius Marcellus Clay... Mm. At 85 years old, married 15-year-old Dora Richardson. What? What's he going to impregnate her with that mushroom sperm? He tried. I think he did. Um, 85? He was a dad? Pretty sure. Wait, I forget. Let's see. I I wrote it down here, which was scandalous for the time um, even then. (laughs) A lot of people were not into it. And as papers were reporting it, men started showing up at his house demanding he release the girl who had been an orphan prior to their marriage. Poor girl. She's a child. Some 85-year-old scoundrel with a dick that just looks like a beef jerky stick? Yeah. And he at least, he had money. So maybe as an orphan at that time, you were like, all right, I'm going to get in there. But... um so, yeah, these guys showed up.
0: When a posse of local men arrived at Whitehall to claim the youthful bride, Clay fired on them with a cannon as Dora watched from an upstairs window, shouting to the crowd that she chose to stay at Whitehall and look after the general.
2: Which is, I just imagine this is the, their version of 19th century, like, Maury, where it's just him shooting a cannon at people and going, I want to be with him. I don't care. I love him age ain't a number it's only love is a number okay whatever and he's like i love her it doesn't matter you get out of here it's my property you know i hope it was fun for the the spectators I bet around this was wild there was just like people the colonials that the around them going go dora go, go, dora, go dora go dora
0: um <laughs> she's up dancing in the attic <laughs> yeah.
2: Cassius did openly talk about how he was raising his, quote, little girl wife. That's so fucking gross. Yeah. And I guess the age gap was gross enough that people were like, maybe we should reconsider some things. Mind you, this is essentially what Edward Collin did to Bella Swan in the Twilight series. So I guess that what we're taking away from that is people are grossed out more by the laxity of the ball skin than by the mental manipulation of the minor.
0: Yeah. They're just thinking about his junk is so nasty. It's just some old floppy dick. Yep.
2: Um, and I've seen pictures of uh, old Cassius. Uh, he's definitely not what I would call a with his bowl cut and his sausagey fingers. Um, this, of course, took place in Kentucky, living up to its reputation. Though I have to say today, they vastly improved their practices from this time. They're not one of the worst states in the country. Not ideal, but more strict than many states.
0: By the later 1800s and the first decades of the 20th century, lawmakers had raised the marriageable age in more than half of the
2: states. So it was in this time period, late 1800s to early 1900s, that women activists began criticizing the consent to sex laws. So the marriage laws were starting to change. Uh, There weren't any really consensual sex laws um, in 1885 due to an article that was being shared around. Americans examined their laws and many were shocked to discover that in the United
0: States, the age of consent to sex was either 10 or 12. Or, in the case of Delaware, seven. Reformers set about changing state laws one by one. These purity campaigns, led largely by activists affiliated with the Women's Christian Temperance Union, who were already committed to reforming men's behavior and eradicating the double standard, were remarkably effective, transforming almost all state laws between 1885 and 1920. Therefore it was a crime For a man to have sex With a girl below The age of 16 or 18 Or 14 in Georgia Whether or not she consented Her youthfulness meant That she was legally Incapable of consenting Thank God Somebody's doing something Yeah so they Seven years old Yeah seven, Who I, is looking At a seven year old
2: And thinking prime Bad people Bad people Um. Yeah and uh, You know Fourteen is still not great, but it's better than fucking seven. So probably due to the religious connotations, this campaign was purity based, which is still, you know, ultimately inherently sexist. But honestly, whatever got the job done so that seven year olds cannot be sexually assaulted by adults. This was not a very long time ago. You guys, this was in the 1900s. But yeah, they they went around and basically said, like, if A girl can't consent that young and she's deflowered. Nobody will want to marry her, basically, which is fine. You know, get it done. I don't care. This is still that inhumane logic that a girl is better off married than a sullied non-virgin who's single. And this is where we start to see the disconnect that we're still fucking dealing with, that the age of sexual consent changes if the people involved are married today, this shit makes me want to vomit. It's just marrying girls after they're rapists. It's what we'll talk about a little bit later in the episode. It's happening currently. Um, can we not see the problem here? This is a crisis. That if a man rapes a little girl, the solution is to marry her to him? Oh, God. Now she's just with him all the time? Yeah. Get her away from him. I mean... Put him in jail. Yeah? On the book, statistically, they call it rare, but it's only rare compared to historical times. There are still hundreds or thousands of these instances every year, and it is unacceptable. As the author accurately points out, people from this time and authority were convinced of the magic of marriage, quote unquote, and how it was the savior of any unsavory or undesirable circumstance. Undesirable in the eyes of the law and the church, that is. I still, after reading a considerable amount of this phenomenon, struggle to understand the rationalization of this concept, if not for domination over women. This is not the expression of hatred for male assigned people. There are plenty of them who even at this time disagreed with, I don't know, this fake ass reality that women needed taken care of at all times. Yeah,
0: most men do not want to... Be with a seven-year-old girl. No, most of them find it gross. Yeah, but the men that do, and they they just sneak in there and they make these laws and they lie and they're just like, "Well, I said sorry, I lied, but we're married now." And they're like, "Well, I guess we have to keep her married." Yeah, those guys are there. And you know, again on the show, like I'm not for the death penalty, and I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm a big no-no for like jail. We should really. Do an upheaval of how that is. Right. But if you want to have sex with a child, I kind of want you to go away.
2: Yeah. Forever forever and ever. I mean, certainly not in this time period when we don't really understand why people's brains go into that. It is predatory and they are dangerous to people.
0: And part of the reason you're a child, childhood is like away from sex. You would hope so. (laughs) Yeah. Once you have that Um, knowledge,
2: you can't go back. Yeah. So... This idea that marriage makes everything okay is still something that boggles my mind that we still lean into because marriage can be great, but it's not a solution to things. It's just not it. It it doesn't make things better a lot of the time. And it doesn't make a a sexual assault go away. (laughs) Just doesn't. Interestingly, in the early 1900s into the 1910s, child marriage was kind of on the rise. Um, This, however, seemed to be more so at the desire of the children. Because they're all working in coal mines and shit. Yeah. So at this point, this was like the feminism had begun, youth culture had begun. It was a way for young people to escape their parents' old fashioned homes and start their own lives, which was, you know, even though it sucks that they were so young, it was a little bit more of their own decisions being made a lot of the time where they were both like, let's get out of here and do our own thing. Um, Then sometimes the kid, you know, kids just being married off to these old dudes for money or whatever. So, you know, they wanted to start their own lives. They wanted to have their own homes because it was still not really acceptable to cohabitate with friends or a lover or whatever at the time. This early, the early 1900s is the first time we get the category of adolescence also, which I found very interesting. Hmm. It was created after high schools or, you know, Ie further education became more of a standard and society was starting to see that there was this phase between adulthood and childhood, with many pointing out that in adolescence, you don't have the mental capacity to make adult decisions. So that idea of adolescence, which is most of your teens, was this new
0: yeah. idea.
2: <laughs> Just be like, wait a second. These yeah. aren't grownups. So this is all being developed in the 20s. The 1920s, I should say, and this concept was more widely accepted in cities and more disregarded in rural areas where often children were encouraged to attain work skills over school and to marry young.
0: I saw this like um, because the government used to do all these films that were like PSAs, yeah. And um, you know it was stuff like wash your hands, like simple stuff like that that like everybody had to you know to Mm -hmm. learn, right? Because TV was originally meant for education purposes, right? And one of them I saw it was meant for rural cities. I think it was made in like the late 40s, early 50s, but it was basically there was a there was a shot of a young girl about 13 swimming naked in a pond, and it was kind of like oh back of the day because people were like I can't believe showing a naked person, but then this guy was watching her and it was basically saying like, don't marry children. Oh my God. It was saying, don't marry kids. And it's like, a, I forget what the, what it's called now. Holy but shit. I got to find say, that. Yeah. It's on YouTube. Wow. Yeah. I watch all these like old, old PSAs to be like, how did people, you know, and it's just like, make sure you cook your meat all the way. Like it's stuff that's like basic knowledge now wow. but it was you know late 40s early 50s of like make sure you don't don't fuck a child. Don't fuck a child. And it was meant for rural communities. Wow.
2: That's a lot to take in. Um <laughs> sorry. No, I <laughs> I want to see it. Um so yeah, I think that there you know there's different theories as to why this might be rural areas were doing this and cities are doing this, but And it continues to this day, actually. That trend is still true now. Um, But I would surmise that at least part of it is that there are fewer opportunities and poorer, more poorer, more poorer schooling in much of rural America. I mean,
0: rural is like, if you live in rural America, you don't really have the pipes to bring in the water. You don't really have the grocery stores to make, to get the fresh fruits. You got to grow it and do it all yourself. Yeah. So it's just a, it's a, just a different life.
2: Yeah. And there aren't, there, the schools aren't there. And if the schools are there, it's not the best teachers and that kind of, especially no. back then.
0: No. Um, and it's just like, oh, you're old enough. Further education in high school. It's like, okay, you're 13. You have to go work on the yeah, farm. Yeah. You
2: need to come help out and help me raise these kids. Yeah. Um. And then have your own kid very quickly yeah, afterwards. Because we need more help on the farm. And we need, your hu- we need a husband to come in and fucking also help us. Um, we need help. <laughs> God, we need help. Uh, which is true. I mean, part of it is they aren't receiving a lot of help from outwards. And some of it is like the rural areas are more known to be closed off. Um, but also they are not receiving things from people either a lot of the time. Now, and my family lives in Mississippi
0: and they're all like, we don't need your help. And you know, which is fine. I, I can understand some of it because sometimes
2: help can come in forms of bombs. You right. know what I mean? Or just like coercion into things. And yeah. 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 Totally. Um, But uh, the other side of that coin is then you're like, you don't, you have food deserts and yeah, things like roads. that. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: Um, so of course, As we all probably can guess, everything on planet Earth changed when the world wars started. This is certainly true of American marriages. As boys and young men were being shipped off to die for the U.S., getting married had a different vibe. It was much easier for two lovesick teens to get married for both stability and to get laid, of course, because, mm-hmm. you know, about to go fight. You know you want to be fucking.
0: What if he died a virgin? How right. How sad.
2: Right. No, I would be the same. I'd be so pissed off in heaven. Like, you never, I never got to feel a pussy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So maybe, you know, also get the chance to pop out in air before they have to go experience hell on earth. Yeah. Um. And Patri- shell
0: shock was a real thing in World War One. Like I saw some pictures, and I was just like, "Whoa!" Now their eyes.
2: I mean, still we we don't treat people who come back from wars the right way. I mean, they're no, they're, they're broken people a lot of the, out the time. Streets, yeah. yeah. No mental health care, that kind of shit. Patriotism became paramount. People had to save and ration and save the nation, and it became very patriotic uh, to you know start families and shit like that. So Americans went without certain supplies for a long time. this is on top of the one thousand nine hundred and eighteen flu, mm. which was likely due to people traveling in unprecedented numbers to you know kill each other in different countries and then sharing germs with each other they hadn 't had before and then bringing it back home so that that is um, just i don 't think that 's ever been confirmed, but that 's different studies i 've read that said most likely that 's how we had the one thousand nine hundred and eighteen influenza mm. pandemic was because We were experiencing all these new germs trying to kill everybody. Oh, because, yeah, people are going to like uncharted places. Mm -hmm. So in the 19s and 50s and 60s, as people's minds were literally being blown with the advent of TV, media coverage of foreign places exploding, rock and roll music, all them shaking hips and recreational drugs. A lot of young girls had dreams outside of their childhood homes. However, it was still quite unusual for a girl to just go out and get a job and do her own thing in the 40s and 50s. So late teen marriage became extremely popular in the 50s and 60s. Yeah, she wants to get out. And this is when a lot of women moved
0: to Hollywood. I mean, people like shit on actresses all the time. But back in the day, it was like one of the few professions you could do. It wasn't it's respectable, true. but yeah. Yeah. she got
2: out. 30s and 40s. That was definitely a lot of like independent women. there only had several options and Hollywood was one of them. Yeah. So at this point, though, it was at least late teens, marrying teens or early 20s. Most of the time, we're not seeing again as much of the. Perverse older guy Marrying little girl unions They're still there but it's not Most of the teen marriages at the time Yeah it's usually like 19 and 18 year olds Yeah Or or like 17 and 19 or whatever And uh, That because the old man little girl unions Had become like slightly less socially Acceptable so in the 60s The US was statistically the youngest Marrying country in the quote unquote Western world Boomers right Yep After the trauma of World War II, nesting and the advent of the nuclear family became very important to American culture and identity. Though there were small victories in social justice and human rights for women, black people and other minorities, the aftermath of the wars left a nation of racist and sexist, seemingly very angry white people.
0: Yeah, my um, my parents are boomers and they always joke about,
2: quote unquote, of how, you know, it was so great back then. It actually wasn't. No, of course it not. Wasn't. No, it's that whole Megamara great again thing. It's like that. Never.
0: It's um, who's that guy that that uh, painter? Who does this sort of like beautiful American stuff from the nineteen fifties? He does a lot of Christmas stuff. Oh,
2: the um, rock, uh, Rockwell. That's Rockwell, all. Yeah, uh, that wasn't real. It's like prop. It's, it's essentially propaganda. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's uh, and we all can look back at things and like think that they were a little different, but a lot of I think that mentality is actually going back in the good old days when my knees worked. Is what you're saying. Like you liked when your body.
0: You liked when your body worked. Moved around. Yeah. And I'm sure like some people were very happy. And it worked oh, yeah, out for yeah. Sure. And they loved it. But it wasn't like, you know, holding hands and skipping around.
2: No. If people are being beaten in the street by cops, which, you know, we've t- thankfully fixed now. Um, but, you know, you know, segregation and all that shit. Black people had to go to war, too. And they were be- being treated like they were garbage in this time, even though they went and fought in the front lines for our country um so you know this is not a justification of the behavior that was happening but it does seem to have ignited white male rage to a new degree at this time i understand the rage part not at but not the rage towards the people they were yeah, Acting out on because everything's
0: changing for them Like all of a sudden Now you get getting these teenage girls And they're not sucking your dick anymore mm-hmm. They're going off to Hollywood Right They're getting jobs They're dressing provocatively And like finding their own life
2: out And, and black people are getting educations And then they're going to pass you by Because you're only mediocre at what you do And you're like, wait a second I just always was given the jobs before This is bullshit Um yeah, so that's that's a hard shift to make, I, I know, but it's not justification for the action. And so this is like a very brief explanation for why so many people married young in uh, this time period. As other scholars have noted, there was an intense preoccupation with
0: domesticity from the end of World War II through the early 1960s, this glorification of nuclear family life placed pressures on all Americans, including those in the teen years, to marry and raise families. Spinsterhood and bachelorhood were newly stigmatized. In this respect, teenage marriage had much in common with the marriage of those in their 20s and 30s, and many teenage girls married men who were themselves somewhat older. Second, from the early 20th century, standards of permissiveness around premarital sex had gradually been loosening, especially for middle-class girls. While men of all classes had long had sex before marriage, often with prostitutes or sometimes middle-class men with working-class women... As the century wore on, it became increasingly acceptable for middle-class girls to experiment sexually with their dates, especially if they were going steady or engaged to be married. Whew. My mom said that one time she uh, went on a date with a preacher's son, and she's like, preacher's sons are always the worst, never date them. But he took her to a duck pond. He takes her out to this pond parking, and he, um, she's like, oh, I don't see the ducks. And he looked at her and he said, duck. And I never got the story. Oh, my God. And then now I'm like, oh, he wanted her to blow him. That's, uh, I guess, was that supposed to be charming? Or I don't know. He's like, duck. And he smiled. And then she's like, she said she got out of the car. I don't know. You know, it's kind of like that back to the future when the mom's like, well, I would never. And then then she tries to fuck her son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, not that your mom's doing that, but I don't know, but she has many stories of like, and then he put my, his hand at my shirt and I ran away and I'm like, I, I,
2: I don't know. Maybe you enjoyed it. Did you, did you though? <laughs> but whatever you need to tell me. So yeah, essentially that, what that's saying, there's a lot to unpack in that statement, but basically, like we said, the nuclear family was becoming like a fetishization of America and they were as shitty as it is Men had premarital sex And then the women Who did that Were like trash people Yeah um, You yeah. know Who are they having sex with They right. were having sex With prostitutes Or poor women um, so they're just, it doesn't matter. They're, you know.
0: Yeah. That's why growing throw up. away. Like I love men. Men are great. And you know, honestly, the, the cowboy men, they've always been nice to me, mm-hmm. but it's the don't you know who my dad is kind of men. That energy has always been very hostile and they've always treated me like, you are something to be used and thrown away. And I think that sometimes that comes from
2: home, you know? Yeah. It's inherited Their uh, father thought. told them yeah.
0: to do that because, like, throughout society, I would have been the one to take his seed and then go deal with it, you know, without his
2: knowledge. Yeah. And it's it's doubly a one-two punch whenever it's the son of somebody who has that mentality but also has accomplished something in their life. And then their son can't do anything but also has that mentality and you're just like really dude yeah what have you done you're gonna tell me i'm dumb Yeah, get the fuck out of here they've done nothing they've done
0: nothing i mean you know it's fine being born into whatever family but the people who think they've done something when all you did was not fuck up right that's all you did
2: feeling like you're entitled to something yeah by, by your birth or whatever um So, yeah. So essentially, this is saying in that time period, the 40s to the 60s, women were starting to date and like go out on multiple dates with different people and sometimes experiment sexually. And that was being slightly more accepted. However, that didn't mean that being pregnant was okay. Oh, no, she was still sent away.
0: Yeah. The reasons for the uptick in teenage marriage are reflected in the reports given by teenage wives themselves. The first of these was pregnancy. A Minneapolis teenager who married at 16... Because she was pregnant, explained to a newspaper reporter that she simply had not understood how easy it was to become pregnant. My idea of pregnancy was that you had to plan carefully for a long time and have intercourse frequently before you could become pregnant. So... Yeah, they weren't
2: teaching sex at No, 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 no. While the country's it's it's a bit of a little conundrum they have because while the country is trying to get teens to wait, to get married solely to not have as many shameful divorces, they're also not giving kids any sort of comprehensive sex education and are shaming out of wedlock babies, thus creating a lot of teen brides. Mm. So it's sort of like a, uh, eating their own tail kind of thing. Um, This is right where both of my, personally, my grandmothers fit into this age range. And my grandma on my dad's side was the exact model of this. She got married at 17, but was pregnant before their nuptials. And she gave birth to her first child, my aunt, in the back seat of a car at 18. And as far as I've ever heard, she wasn't shamed into it. I think she just loved, she loved my grandpa or whatever. And they were together until his death. But rather, there wasn't really, really many options for her. Regardless, as a teen mom, mom, if she wasn't married, yeah, Yeah. my grandpa was a career airman in, you know, the Air Force, so that that afforded her the chance to take care of her baby because you get benefits as the wife of a a military man, yeah. and as a lower middle class person from Indiana, love and m- romance was not really an option for a young mom or really many people. Oh, in that my position. God. I mean, if you could just put
0: bread on the table, that's mm-hmm. that's you accomplish
2: something. And like yeah. now you want love and romance. OK, that's asking too much. Yeah. So my my grandparents had a fine. As far as I know, they could have been it could have been bad when um, my dad was a child. But as grandparents, they were lovely and uh, my grandma's still alive, uh, which is, the, I think, the upside of having a 17-year-old bride is that, you know, I get to spend time with her now, but not fair for her to have to do that to get to this point. Um, but, uh, you know, they, they, they live together and seem fine together. That's what makes it, you know, they, they made, made it, it work. work. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm, we're just seeing this over and over again, the concept of a soiled woman being not chill, And super un-American. But they love her sons to go die in a war. Yeah. Um, But we're just seeing it transition through different forms in the different generations. It's interesting because I came into this topic freaked out by how many parents still sign their child over to much older men. And then found that the history of this is partially due to women being infantilized and sexualized simultaneously by all people in the past. Um, it really does make them like sexy babies. Sexy babies. Goom, goom, gum, goom, go, goom. sexy baby. Oh god, I hope that cartoon never goes gets greenlit. <laughs> I feel if
0: somebody fucking made that cartoon, I can see it getting bombed, the studio. I don't know. Maybe that's too much.
2: I, I kind of feel like that would be the right. Reaction to it I don't know
0: Uh, There is this new Like on TikTok This new baby Sexual fetishization But how they do it Is they get Girls They're pretty young Um, Some of them I don't know If they're of age But they dress them Baby like And they do They have this Sounds in the back Like "goo Boo Berry
2: It's actually A huge fetish Yeah Yeah And Um, I hate it Yeah It's not great My only defense Of that will be If it's a Like And a fully grown adult woman in a a consensual situation and they want to do baby daddy stuff Uh, yeah you know go for it it's a little rough when it's on like an app that's used by children a lot because that kind of
0: yeah i saw a 12 year old that was kind of dressed up young and old at the same time mm -hmm. if that makes sense Mm -hmm. and then people some of the comments were like beautiful gorgeous and a lot of people were like she's too young She's yeah. way too young. She looked about 12, but was just made up to look older, but also looked babyfied. I'm just like,
2: where's your mom?
0: Yeah, where's your dad? Where's your mom? Yeah. I feel like <sighs> under 25, you shouldn't be allowed to be on the internet, but that's crazy. <laughs> I don't know how you're going to implement that. Dude, it's- I'm
2: just so glad I didn't have video apps and stuff when I was 12.
0: The poisoning of the minds. That you just see it. And also, like, I'm an adult woman. I'm looking at these people on Instagram That have literally gone under surgery to look like filters.
2: Yeah, that's definitely a thing, too. And again, I'll say if you're a woman, you're 30, 40, 50, you want to do that. I don't care. People are criticizing Madonna because she looks like an alien. I'm like, what if she wants to look like an alien? Who cares? She's 63. Let her do the fuck she wants. If she wants to look like an alien and wear fishnets on Instagram, I say go fucking go to. Who are you worried about her influencing? Yeah. Children?
4: But also, not.
0: Yeah. Also, keep in mind of like, because I would feel depressed and be like, oh, I got to work out more and have more smoothies. I'm like, no, I'm fine. You're fucking fine.
2: Yeah. And I'm almost more like, I, I think it's really sad if somebody really young gets a lot of work done because you just, you don't even know what your face looks like yet. You yeah. know what I mean? Your soul has but, to like grow up and like yeah. protrude from your face. Yeah. But I, I think, yeah, you know, whatever. Back to chat. We're just a bunch rights. of, we're just some ladies going blah, 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 blah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Just yabbing yabbing like we do Yep So this is by 1970 A growing number of states required that applicants Actually produce documentary Proof of age often in the form of a birth certificate Till this time However prospective brides and grooms Could simply claim to be the ages they needed To obtain a license That was in the 1970s bro Wow That just happened Smoking on airplanes, lying about your age <sighs>
1: today
2: another thing that just fucking happened in the 60s was that black and latino latina youth weddings uh started being tracked jesus fucking christ like that just happened previous to that they were only tracking white weddings statistically and not the fun billy idol kind mm. it's shocking and not shocking at the same time um there was examples throughout The book American Child Bride that showed the citizens of our past objectifying anyone who wasn't lily white. And it's only in our parents' lifetime that they were even considered at all, Um, which is sure to shameful and repulsive. And but it is the way the U.S. was laid out. So we get close to modern day. There wasn't any huge changes in the trend for teen brides in the 70s and 80s, except for slowly declining numbers. From the 1800s to now, there are, of course, substantially fewer teen girls getting married, which is overall a good thing.
0: That's a good thing.
2: Yeah. I think moving away from the fetishization of marriage somehow being what makes everything good is important for progress, that somehow marriage is this magic wand that yeah. can fix stuff I mean
0: I'm certainly like If it's a quote unquote Good marriage I, It would make it easier To have a child I can't yeah, imagine sure. Having a child on my own I I bet that would be Very hard
2: Yeah it's definitely hard And marriage again Can be like really wonderful And yeah To raise a family It's easier with a partner Not that you can't Do it without a partner But the idea that Simply making Joining people together Legally is like Gonna fix stuff Is just this The stupid Like archaic idea That clearly doesn't work and that divorce isn't that bad. Yeah, it can be really sad and traumatic, but a lot of people who get divorced should be divorced. They want to get divorced. And and kids can they'll feel, feel hurt by it, but they'd be a lot more hurt if their parents are screaming in each other's faces all the time. So something that didn't change and still hasn't is that the percentage of teen girls in marriage has always been substantially higher than teen boys in marriage. And that's the same for girls underage who are, you know, 14 to 17 compared to boys age 14 to 17. Meaning girls are marrying older men, sometimes much older, current in modern age, which is what really drew me in with horror to this topic. That coming to realize there's still a contingent of parents who see their child get either statutorily raped or raped against their will and see this as soiling of the girl that can only be solved by pairing them with her assailant. Uh, this is a story that's from just 2004. In 2004, Lisette
0: Rodriguez and James Lindoros of Bellmead, a central Texas town of just under 10,000 people, were married. The two began dating when Lisette was 12 and James was 16. They married two years later, when Lisette was 14, because the state of Texas was threatening a statutory rape charge. Lisette was one of almost sixty Texas girls to wed at fourteen that year, all with the parental permission, and despite the state's mandate of sixteen as the minimum marriageable age, she gave birth to her daughter Mercedes soon after. Um, so I think this is a good example. So you can um, be married, yeah, if they raped you, yes, but you
2: can't legally married if unless if you haven't had sex yet, yes. Which we'll show again and again here in a minute, but yes. So to Avoid statutory rape laws in a lot of states. You can marry the girl that you've raped um, with a parent's signature. I wanted to bring this one up because I think it's a good example as much as I want to villainize the parents and I still will. This kind of particular story goes on to highlight some of the real world reasons for this kind of problem. Girls in rural, poor places lack any sense of hope or prosperity or even an education. It's not just rural either. If you look back at our series on the missing women of Portsmouth, their options were so limited and they saw so few other things they could do. Sometimes that seems like the best option is to get married really, really, really young. I would never put the blame on the girl. And as much as a 16 year old with a 12 year old grosses me the fuck out, it's normalized in the backwoods or in poorer communities. Wasetsu mother got married at 14. And while I wish that would have inspired her to want something more for her daughter, she just didn't see much wrong with it.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, like I said in last episode, I had a guy who was like, you should have had kids at 14.
2: And that was right in that that time. And that guy probably was trying to shame you and make you want like trying to like nag you or something. I think so. I think with her in this situation and with a lot of these situations, the mom is not like in this one specifically, this was a tryst between the two of them, which I don't agree with. But it wasn't the mom pushing them into marriage. It was them saying, we're going to do it anyway. And her just going like, well, I guess they're going to do it, which again, I don't agree with, but I do find there to be a distinct difference between a parent saying, you better get married now that you fucked this guy or a young girl making a bad decision that her parents are just like, oh, I guess so. I don't, again, agree with either one, but not all parents who go into this are are just being like, get out of here. Fucking you deal with it. Like sometimes they become normalized to it in their own life and they're like, There's this is just a thing that we do. That's
0: what you do. That's what I did. What your mom did. That's mm. what you'll do. And that's maybe what Mercedes will
2: do. Right. And that sucks because you would hope that you would go no, Mercedes will not do that. Uh, she will go to college. That's what I want yeah. for her. Break the generational trauma. Right. But I think in some circumstances if you see very few options around you, sometimes that doesn't even seem like a possibility. I grew up in Pittsburgh and wasn't like sheltered, and I didn't realize I could just leave Pittsburgh and go to another city until I was like 23 years old. Yeah. I really, it's, it's, I can see how easy it can happen. Then we have the other side of the parental normalization, which is that blatant disregard for the child. This is from a documentary that was put out by the BBC in 2019 about the shockingly mundane attitude of child brides that we've normalized, the attitude towards child brides that we've normalized in the U.S. In 2019. Mm -hmm. The presenter's name is Ellie Flynn, um, British woman from BBC. You can't get it in the U.S., but it is currently ripped on YouTube. So I recommend checking it out. I don't know if it'll be taken down at any point. Um, but you can just uh, look up Ellie Flynn, uh, child marriage.
0: Yeah, you sort of forget that like different parts of the world have different sets of news and different kind of propaganda.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I often have to look at BBC or Guardian to talk to read about our country's stuff because it's just they see it a little bit more objectively than...
0: Yeah, and they're on the outside looking in. Yeah.
2: So this first story, this clip I'm going to play for you, is about a South Carolina teenager named Carrie. When she meets the man she will marry, she's 15, at actually at her 15th birthday party, and he is 24. 15? I remember my 15th birthday party. I played Pin the Tail on the Donkey. It definitely wasn't meeting a 20-something and having...
5: No. We are going to be meeting with with a young woman who married when she was 14 or 15. The age of consent here is 16, but girls aged 15 and under are permitted to marry with parental permission, but only if they are pregnant. This is commonly known as the marry your rapist loophole. As a teenager, Kerry was living at home with her father. She fell pregnant after meeting her future husband, Paul, at a party. She'd just turned 15. He was 24 years old. How did you meet?
4: Well, he was my cousin's friend, and it was basically my birthday. Weekend, you know, we are hanging out,
5: drinking, whatever. You know, that's kind of how it happened, because I got pregnant. So you just sat together the one time? Mm -hmm. So it was his idea to get married? Oh Yeah. And why did you want to do that? Just so he wouldn't
0: go to jail. What would he have gone to jail for? to tutorial, right? Woo! I mean, if you could see how tiny she looks big eyes, like big face, little tiny, tiny, tiny body what adult would be like, yeah, go, 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 go? And then he marries her, so he avoids going to jail. And that was his fucking idea. It's like, I don't wanna go to jail, so I'm gonna
2: marry her. Yeah. So, also, then listen to this part how her dad reacted to this.
4: If my dad wanted to, he could press charges. That's when he talked my dad into signing the marriage license for us. Right. How
5: did he convince your dad? (laughs) Bought him a case of beer. Really? Because my dad was that much of a drunk. He basically asked
4: my dad what would it take for him to sign the papers for me to get married. My dad told him a case of beer.
5: So he went and got him a case of beer and called it a done deal. That was your dad's price. Your dad suggested it was a case of beer for his daughter's freedom. Yeah. That's South
3: Carolina for
5: you. Yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah.
0: A case of beer. I mean, wow. Because if you would at least sell me for like a pig and a donkey, a pig and a donkey can work on the farm and contribute. That's mm. worth something. A case of
2: of beer? I mean, this man was not a father, obviously. J- just to just throw his daughter, his child daughter into the wol- to the wolves like that for alcohol is just so pathetic.
0: Crazy. I mean, again, back to the patriarchy. Okay, you want to be the big man? You mm. want to make the big laws? You want to be the ruler? Yeah. But you're going to sell your daughter for a case of beer. Fuck you, man. Fuck you. Fuck yeah. Fuck you your little laws you made up.
2: Yeah. Um. It's really fucking terrible Um, it, it, she makes my heart hurt and this is a thing that we can see testimonies of from a lot of girls in our modern society in America Um, this is how Carrie feels about those statutory rape loopholes
5: what do you think of the law at the moment oh, stupid <laughs> I mean it, it is because I
4: went through it and I don't think that's right you should say child while you can that's what I tell my son all the time. Stay a kid while you can, because <laughs> as as soon as it's gone, you you're gonna wish you had it back. So
2: that's her speaking about how she felt about these two men deciding her future for her. Um, it sounds like she's gonna break the generational trauma and like raise him to be a child. I hope so. She's with she has a partner now, and she has two kids, so she has three kids now, and she's. Just this is came out 2019. And so basically right during this, she was about 22, which means now she's like 24. Um, She seems to be in a healthier place. Uh, But yeah, I mean, it's a, it's an example of what makes me want to pull my hair out. These two adults who both sound like they are not capable of very much in life are playing like with this girl's life. Yeah, like, like she's, she's a doll. Yeah. And. That's simply because they're the adults in closest proximity. They get to own her, even when it's violating her personal rights, man. This doc takes place again, like, roughly six years after the pregnancy. So Carrie's around 22, and the raper is 30. Do we know what happened to him? Oh, yeah. I definitely want you to watch the doc, because he talks on it. Um, yeah, it's pretty bonkers. Uh, if it wasn't so gross and dark, it would be kind of funny, because this British woman is talking to this fucking backwater like hillbilly dude and oh my God. i mean there's backwater hillbillies in the uk absolutely sure. but They're it's everywhere. the it's the accent more than anything where she's just like oh ma, well yes it's like yeah i don't know it's just i don't have a number or nothing she's like oh my goodness is it yes? two cultures yeah it's very different people um but it's so crazy he, he agrees to talk on camera and he does it at his job which is like what did he tell his job he was getting interviewed yeah, for? Yeah, sex with a fifteen-year-old
0: in order to go avoid going to jail. I married her, and her dad sold her for a case of his. His like employers just listening. Yeah, like what? Why would he do? I don't know. Whatever. Not my fucking
2: decision yeah. to make. Um, but and then, I don't want to make fun of her or call her dumb or anything. No, she no, sounds, no. Yeah. No. Like um, whew. yeah. So in all these docs that I've been watching, attempting. That are attempting to be unbiased in this conversation going like, well, what are the upsides of having these laws in place? They'll speak to people who are in child marriages. Usually both parties are young. It's not like a, a child and an adult who they speak to, but who are in favor of these laws and they'll give their reasons why. But... Pretty much every in-favor story that they talk to, the couple or the girl are still teenagers. Yeah,
0: they don't know till death part. No. Life has only been
2: 16 years for you. Right. And none of them that they speak to are older and looking back. It's always just like two 18-year-olds being like, they can't tell me when I'm
0: growing up. I remember when I was 18, I wanted to get out and be on my own. And Absolutely, I, I was at 17 pretty yeah. much. But I remember as soon as I could, I was like, I want to be out on my own. I want to get out. Yeah. You know, that's
2: a part of natural part of being a teenager. Right. And, you know, you fall in love hard sometimes. I can see how easy it is to want to just get married. And you maybe you have a hard life at home. But then yeah. those decisions are not always well met. You know what I mean? Like, it's just it's not it's not often We'll we'll talk about the statistically, no. but it's not often very.
4: good. The crush
0: I had at sixteen, I oh. remember he, he gave me some oregano. He sold it to me as weed, and then I was like, I called him on the house phone. I was like, dude, I I don't think this is weed. And he's like, Nah, nah, you're high, you're high. And then he went and told the whole school that I got high. Like he lied, and that was my crush. Yeah, Can you
2: imagine if I married him. No, I had a crush on a sixteen year uh, at sixteen, a guy I worked at Burger King with, and he was not nice to me because I was a little punk rock girl. So if I saw him in public, he'd act like we weren't friends. Like it was really sad, but I still liked him and it's pathetic anyway. So, uh, (laughs) so yeah. um, We also have to look at this other reason parents are still in modern times, marrying their child offer to their rapist, which is religious conviction. Ellie Flynn goes on to speak with an 18 year old girl named Heather. She married her rapist when she was 14 and he was 24. Her story actually made the news because it was highlighting so many of the issues around the confusion and contradictory age limit laws across the country. Heather's parents were divorced and her mom was remarried while she Heather was around hanging around her grandparents bait shop. uh, She met their new employee who was also living in a trailer in their grandparents backyard for some reason he began grooming her and very quickly, like within a month or so, which is a lifetime to a 14 year old. Oh, yeah. She felt like they were like connected. You know what I mean? He gets me. Right. Especially um, if her parents might be divorced.
0: And I don't want to like look at her past and be like, parents are divorced. so She's broken. I don't want to be like that. But if she's like... Parents are divorced. I want to get out of here and do it on my own and make my own life because they got so
2: mad and I can make my own duty. Well, you'll see that come up in this in this unfortunate story, actually. So, like, within a month, uh, he had gotten her drunk and she says she woke up in his bed with him saying that they had had sex. She has no memory of this, which, of course, is not sex but rape. Yeah. Um. She became pregnant. While Heather's mom went ballistic, she wasn't... Heather's mom... Remarried and like moved out of state. So she, Heather basically lived with her dad. Um, when Heather found, Heather's mom found out about all this going on, she freaked out and called the police when she found out not only about the relationship, but that Heather was pregnant by this man. Her father was aware of the relationship as, as it was happening and apparently approved or didn't really feel like interfering, I guess. Oh my God. He probably
0: wanted another man just to take her away.
2: Well, Heather was in Idaho with her father at this time. Her mom lived in another state when she pressed charges. So initially, Aaron, who is the ghoul, the name of the ghoul who had sex with a 14-year-old, was arrested for statutory rape. However, Heather's dad had a different idea of what was right and wrong.
5: Heather's mom called the police and pressed charges against Aaron for statutory rape. Ignoring her mom's concerns, the family in Idaho led by her dad, Keith, were keen to keep Aaron out of jail and by Heather's side. The expectant couple was presented with a list of options.
4: My grandpa said we could run away to Canada. I'm like, what? Like, what are you talking about? What is this? My mom is the one that told me, well, you can get an abortion. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, no, I don't want to do that. My dad was just kind of like, well, well, you guys should get married. So those were pretty much the only options that I was given. It was really overwhelming. According to my dad, when you get somebody pregnant, you marry them. And, you know, for him it's a religious thing. And, you know, the way it was put was you have to get married or your baby's gonna grow up without a parent. And so that for me, like, that tapped into like one of my biggest fears because I never had both my parents and I remember what it did to me. And that's when I kind of realized like, okay, I have to do this. So,
0: holy shit. Which I'm sorry. It takes a second for me to like, think of this. So her dad was like, you gotta have both your parents, but then he divorces his own wife.
2: Yeah. And also you don't technically, if you're, If the father is a child rapist You don't need him It'd be worse Because what is he teaching that child? exactly That's the thing To to suggest that it's more important for that child To have that His birth father In the life of the child Than it is to not have them near a child rapist Is nonsense Yeah, what do you think he's going to do to that kid? So To be frank, this is emotional manipulation, in my opinion, by her father. To suggest again, as we've seen historically, that she would be better off marrying the grown man who raped her than raising her baby with family and community is inherently wrong, in my opinion. I support her desire to keep her baby. I know it can be tricky for girls who are underage, but again, just like being coerced into a marriage, I don't believe she should be forced into an abortion, just like she shouldn't be forced into giving birth if she doesn't want to. And... Basically, she was given the options of abortion or marry the rapist, no other choices. So, she chose marriage over abortion. This also keeps homeboy out of jail, of course. Oh, of
0: course, of course, he proposed this and he wants this. And it's like it's almost like a man doing a man thing, it's kind of like how we were talking earlier you want to help people that look like you and that have your same kind of thing, yeah. Um, so the father was just like, He's a man just like me, I want to keep homeboy out of jail. They do kind of look alike, to be
2: honest, yeah. Um, so. The father behind Heather's mom's back did what we discussed in the first episode, which is state shopped for a state that would allow the specific set of rules that they were faced. They were looking at based on their circumstance. So which is a 14 year old marrying an adult rapist. Um, It was in Missouri. Oh, okay. So they left the state of Idaho, drove to Missouri, and she was married on her 15th birthday.
0: I mean, she's getting married again. I was playing pin the tail on the donkey. What
2: I was definitely getting high and drinking at this point, but I was a virgin. Yeah, I was a virgin at that age. Um, no offense, that doesn't mean if you're not a virgin that you still don't deserve protection by your parents because you do. So, shortly after their marriage, Heather miscarried. But she's still married to this guy. Can she get a divorce? Can she get a divorce? Oh, we'll talk about that. The answer, the short answer, is no. Why? Um. Oh yeah. Sorry, I'm I'm jumping shark. No, here. no, you're good. Okay. Just a couple months in, after she miscarried, Aaron becomes violent and abusive. Um, Both of these instances are common for teen brides Yeah,
0: it's almost like the kind of older
2: man Who wants to fuck a child Might not be well balanced That might not be emotionally stable? Maybe Wow, judgy much? No, that's usually (laughs) the case Um, Like we mentioned In the last episode, girls 14 to 17 are less likely to have successful pregnancies, including high rates of death for the mothers, um, because their bodies are still forming. And statistically, uh, girls married before the age of 15 are almost 50% more likely to have experienced either physical or sexual intimate partner violence than those married after 18. I mean, 18,
0: your life hasn't even begun Mm -hmm. and you've already
2: lived too much. When there is an adult wanting to have sexual control over a child, it's not going to often involve them being considerate of them in any way um, because they're actively being a predator legally. Um, So Heather's mom, after this happened, would not let go of the statutory rape charges. When she found out about the marriage, she actually dug in deeper. Thankfully, he was arrested and sentenced to 15 years uh, in prison. Good. Well, he served three of them, and was released on parole. No. So Heather now keeps guns in the house to protect herself in case Aaron tries to seek revenge.
0: Oh, because also if you go to the the police and you say, "Hey, this person's really bad to me." They can't really do anything unless they've already done something to you. Yes. Which
2: is bullshit. Yes, it's the worst. Um but very interestingly in this case, it's very unique set of circumstances. The local Idaho police pressed charges against the dad. Yeah, also
0: good. The dad was like a I'm second degree
2: in this. Yeah, I it's I'm very happy they did that. The non federal eighteen plus laws make the circumstances hard and confusing to deal with, but I think that they chose correctly because he literally married her to her rapist. She did not even consent to that statutory sex. And he made her get married to him. And so the um the cops are interviewed on this documentary and were like, y- I, I get that he thought he was doing the right thing, but you have to look at the fact that she was literally raped by this dude and you, told, you just handed her over to him. And so- What kind of father would do that? My, my father would kill him. Yeah. He would kill him. Very confused person, I think. Some states say that the dad had a right to force his child into the circumstance. And I don't think laws that violate basic human rights should exist. I know I'm being crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um her dad got 4 months in jail with the charge of intent harm. And
0: I bet he thought the whole time it was all wrong.
2: I went to jail for the wrong reasons. I was interested on their their relationship following that and they at least they, she know she talks to him cuz she has a phone call with him. Um so I don't know what their relationship's like but the judge who gave him that sentence said it was 4 months for the 4 months that he put his child into a prison with her rapist. That's a good judge. I I know I decent judge and the thing is like uh, I think I don't know if it would have served her for her dad to go to prison for life I don't know I can see people like saying like he should have gotten years or something but I do I am actually grateful that he spent time in jail for doing this because it's not very common for that to happen Um, the only reason that they could do it really is because she says that he had sex with her without her consent like yeah, at all cuz she was drunk
0: and then woke up and he was like by the way we had sex which by the way listeners if you're too drunk and
2: you don't remember that's rape yes enthusiastic consent is always the way to go you don't want any gray area no. just don't want to fucking do it and don't you want to
0: have sex with somebody who wants to be there who likes it who says yes loud that's hot i
2: think if you don't you should probably probably just like to go to therapy i'm not even being I'm not even being facetious, just like, probably you should just go to therapy. Yeah, If makes- you want to have sex with somebody who can't consent who to Who can't you. consent, who's yeah. just laying there like a dead fish. Like, what makes that sexy? You? Yeah, go right. to therapy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there are testimonies like this all over the place. It's way more common than the government would have you think in this country. I did want to play one more of a girl who was forced into marriage. This one is brutal, uh, just a forewarning, but I... I do think what she has to say is important. And also, by the way, this is not kink-shaming anybody. I'm not talking about consensual sex with, um, with the non-consenting stuff. I, you understand I'm saying anybody who's sexually interested in being with somebody who doesn't want to, I'm not saying that is a sexual kink where everybody's
3: involved with and cool. Alright, we all good on that one? Okay. <laughs> I was abused as a child. I was forced to be married at the age of 11. But I was also raped at the age of eight. And then again at the age of nine, which I got pregnant from. And then I had my daughter at the age of 10. And then at 11, I was forced to marry my rapist. He put the handcuffs on me and let him go free. He was a deacon. That's how I met him. He was a deacon in the church. Well, my mother figured it was a good idea. She thought it was such a great idea. She made my wedding dress. She made the wedding cake. And she took me to the courthouse that would marry me because the first courthouse she went to in Tampa, Florida refused. The judge refused and said they would not do it. That she had to find somewhere else to get it done for me to be married to this rapist. So she did. And she went to Pinellas County Courthouse and the only thing they requested was a letter that I signed that I did give birth to a child. And I signed that letter. And she's allowing this to happen. She's not saying, no, you're not gonna do my daughter that way at all. I'm a mother, a wife, and like they say, a fifth grader. Now, he have yet to spend any time in jail.
0: Wow! And I guess her mother was like, her mom probably thought that's the best for her because she has a kid, and you know, just send her off to the man. God knows. I, I imagine and he's a preacher. Yeah, he was. He was leading a congregation. He started raping her when she was eight.
2: Eight years old. Um, I uh, disgusting. Yeah, man, I'm on. Just really breaks my heart and. I think maybe her mom thought she was doing, who knows? I think she thought she was doing right. Maybe she just didn't really want to be parenting anymore. Sometimes we see in these cases, we're seeing that happen where the parents just like, I don't feel like it. Yeah, because they have to raise another kid. Yeah. Um, But her her statement, they put the handcuffs on me and let him go free, I think is really poignant and devastating. And
0: he kept leading the congregation, telling them what's right and wrong after he raped
2: an eight-year-old girl. And married an 11-year-old um, that is the core of why this is a crisis in my mind. These kids are actual prisoners where they are being raped repeatedly, often violently abused, and it's sanctioned appropriate by the state. This has to change. This has to change. Marriage laws won't change this entirely. Through religious exemptions, cults often use girl, children, and women as sex slaves, and our government rarely interferes. In Rebecca Musser's book, The Witness War Red, she discusses her life as the 19th wife of 85-year-old Rulon Jeffs in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, who was considered a prophet but was actually a fucking loser. 85 years old and fucking 19 women? Oh, he had more than that. I think he had, like, 60 when he died. That's too much. Yeah. Um, she was technically, I think, 18 at the time of the marriage. Um, they had... Young wives in LDS at that point. But when Rulan died, his son Warren Jeffs fought for and won the title of the new prophet in the church, where he began making the age of the already two young brides younger and younger, while also desiring to take other people's brides, including many of his departed fathers.
0: Which actually, when you get into these kind of cult scenarios where you can marry very young and have lots of different wives, it's bad for the boys. Because what happens in these situations is the little boys are ostracized from their only community they've ever known. Mm -hmm. Just get out of here, kid, because I want to take the women and you're a potential threat to me.
2: Yeah, often, especially with LDS, they call them the lost boys because um, if they're not going to be high up in the church, they're just in the way of um, like they want to take the women From the prophets So they These kids get thrown Into the streets These boys end up Drug addicts When they're like 15, 14 years old Because they have Literally been abandoned By their family And you don't know Anything about the world
0: You know TVs Mm -hmm. You've only seen A certain shade of colors Your whole life And like now This vibrant Wild world
2: Yeah And a lot of these families Too Um they're you know five to a room uh they're they're living like filth especially if it's the their husband's second third fourth family they are usually if they're not the first family they're usually living with rats and roaches and like hide in the dark because they're not supposed to be living there that kind of shit so they have no idea about being treated like a human um so this was Rebecca's fate at this point. She uh, was going to end up being taken on as a bride of either Warren Jeffs or one of the other prophets. And instead of living this out, she made an escape. And she eventually um, comes to testify against Warren Jeffs, who is currently serving a life in prison sentence for child sexual assault, incest and sexual conduct with minors, which is great, I guess, sort of. Um, But this is a side effect of having lost it up that allow people to pray to spiritual leaders with little to no oversight. We can argue all day about what religious freedom should be allowed, but no parent or church should have the freedom to assert child sexual abuse. And yes, including child marriage as an American right. No, I mean, churches don't even pay taxes. Do You think they're looking at child sexual abuse? No. If you disagree with the idea that child sexual abuse should be illegal under every circumstance, I don't really know what to tell you. Look inside yourself and get fucking help. Like, I don't know what else to tell you, man.
0: No, but I can fuck a 14-year-old if she believes in this guy.
2: Yeah. And she's mature. She's just, she's she's old enough. She gets it. Um, I don't know why I made everybody Southern. They're not always Southern. They're not
0: always Southern. They're always over the place. <laughs> I think I said it because that, that was me, with me and a 14-year-old in the South. Yeah, Just yeah. my own personal experience. But there's Northerners, too.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's all around the world. It is. Um. And and that's why I, I think it's important to talk about the American versions of this because we think about it like we said last episode is this oh far off. Oh, these child brides. It's like, bitch, that's happening next door to you. Yeah. Open Just your eyes. Out. Yeah. Um, this leads me to the final point I want to get across. Um, the way laws are set up in most states across the country, um, a child can get married but not divorced. You heard that correctly. The adult in the relationship, which is almost always male in this country, I think in most countries, is given what is akin to guardianship over this child, both husband and father. She may not ask for a divorce legally until she is 18 years old. She often has to get permission from her husband for things like work permits, learner's permits, to do things outside of the house. Most domestic abuse shelters won't take these girls in because they are not adults and it's not legal for them to.
0: So you're just a child.
2: These girls are owned, raped, and are non-humans through U.S. court. This is not acceptable in our time. It's just not. I, I can't. How can we allow this to happen to little kids how can we help they they have no rights in this circumstance? They are living with their fucking boogeyman, their nightmare. It, their life is hell, a lot of them, and they can't leave. We're telling them that this is the way it's supposed to be. So what do we do? When we did our recent Twitch stream, uh Amber, with our lawyer friend Mackenzie, which is available by the way to watch anytime at twitch.tv backslash last podcast network. Um, we were discussing laws that seem incredibly fucked up. And she was such a cool-headed cucumber. Oh, she's great. She's great, And we were screaming. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, we're just like, why? Make it go away. Can you, your lawyer, make the law different? And she's like, ma'am, this is not... Ma'am, this is uh, not the gun range. Not how we do that. Um, and why, uh, you know, so in, the, in that stream, we were asking, like, why, why are these laws here still? And how do we change anything at all? And she said... It's something i said i thought was a good advice which is that find the things that feel doable to you and do it for example i personally hate talking on the phone more than most anything else i also find it hard to work that into my schedule sometimes so maybe making bank calls may not be my cup of tea but maybe you would have extra cash you can donate to causes maybe you can write a letter to your state Maybe you can just talk to your sister or your dad, your therapist about this topic so that people understand and are aware because a lot of people don't know. Myself included. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know until like two years ago. My therapist was gobsmacked when I was talking about this series. She didn't know any of this was happening. And that's a therapist. She's been mm-hmm. to school. Yeah. And she deals with sexual child sexual abuse. And she was like, what? Yeah. So the point being one of us alone can't fix this it takes enough people caring and whatever way that means to you it doesn't have to feel like it's something that you're dreading that will take up all your time and you don't have time in your busy day i totally understand that and i can understand how the idea of trying to to step in feels daunting or overwhelming but it can be something small and it, sometimes that grows in your own life and you continue on that path with whatever your cause is or sometimes that small act can just be a catalyst for change outside of yourself,
0: yeah, we can always change. We don't have to be the parents that are like, "Well, I did this. Now
2: my kids have to do this." Yeah, I would. I would like to live in a world where we say, "This thing that happened to me was sucks. I don't want somebody else to have to go through that." <laughs> um, yeah. So that's my my last thing I could say on this topic. It's it, this is the end of our s- season one too, and I think that. I think that can apply to anything that we've talked about, that it's not about you being shamed into doing everything you possibly can and never feeling happy and never, you know, being uh, comfortable or having a smile. Um, it's it's more about like my little steps can do Big things yeah. And honestly just being a kind of person That people
0: want to be around And smiling and laughing And being a joyous ray of light So then people want to hang out They gravitate towards you And then you start bringing this up You might get a few more
2: ears perked For sure Than if you were just pissed
0: off Yeah
2: Just like on the street corner Like what are you fucking talking about Yeah no one's going to listen to that No it doesn't work Um, Yeah so yeah I, I want I hope and encourage that everybody out there also takes breaks um, to not feel bad all the time. There are a lot of people doing good um, with all the subjects we talked about. Please don't feel hopeless. This is uh, uh, this is something that we have the capability of changing. We can make this a thing where we make a federal eighteen plus law for people in marriages. And I think that and divorces. You should be able to divorce yeah. legally yeah. if you were illegally married. Yeah. For kids who are currently stuck in a marriage. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, like the the people at Unchained at last, Freddie Reese, who's such a badass, who I love. I'm going to highlight that organization, this series. Uh, I will, will be donating there. If you don't or can't donate, go check her stuff out. She's She's got her TED Talks great, like I said, and you can just look at what she does. She gets people together in wedding dresses outside of courthouses to, like, exp- like, say, like, these are children in these dresses. Like, so it's cool. They do like a lot of, like, public stunts and stuff. Little
0: tiny wedding dress. Nothing sadder. Oh,
2: God. um And so, yeah, that. And then we also mentioned last episode that uh, company uh, organization called Tahire organization. Um, they were the ones who have the statistics for the laws in our country, which I found very helpful and was very grateful for. So if you want to check them out or give them a buck or two. Can you spell it for people? Yeah. It's T-A-H I R I H dot org. Thank you. That's a good idea. <laughs> um and uh yeah, I just want to thank you guys so much, all of you out there for joining us on this insane journey of season one of this Um, it was a learning curve for us and I had fun despite the content and I've had a great time with you Amber and I'm really looking forward to season two next year absolutely i had a
0: i had a i don't want to say i had a blast it's hard <laughs> because it's yeah. been a very difficult topics but i've had an eye-opening experiences yeah for sure and i enjoy talking with you natalie thanks and we we make the best out of it whenever
2: we talk about this we have shit. to
0: because again doom and gloom
2: can't you live your life like that no you can be a ray of positivity yeah and and know that these things can change and we have the capability to change them um You, yeah, hit us up over the uh, the break on social media, and we'll also be hitting up. We'll be doing Twitches probably on both Amber's Twitch and LPN's Twitch. Um, do you want to give your Twitch handle? Sure, it's Amber Smelson, S M E L S O N, and that
0: is Twitch, that is Twitter, that is Instagram. All of them, all of them.
2: You got them, babe. You got them (laughs) all. I only couldn't get mine on somebody had taken my Twitch, uh, my handle for Twitch, so I forget what mine is, but I don't really use mine. We'll be on LPNs most of the time or Ambers, um, so we'll have some drinks and we'll talk to our lawyer friend and about we're going to be definitely talking about Josh and Jizzies um, on Twitch over break and uh, yeah we are at someplace underneath uh, and I'm at the Natty Jean she's at Amber Smelson we uh, we're so happy to spend this time with you guys and uh, gals and every every gender who's listening we love you and we uh, we'll we'll catch you soon. Saucy, pert, and greasy.
1: Yeah, baby. Yeah. Hey. What?